Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. So we're staying with the conversation just a little bit longer today as we look at the fallout uh, from election night 2021. Uh, Messaging is clearly an issue. The Democrats struggled uh, in many places, not just in Virginia, but also in New Jersey and Minnesota and uh, Buffalo, New York, uh, interestingly enough. And uh, I think they're falling into something that I talk about often, and that is fighting the last war. And I think the Democrats got caught uh, fighting the last war. Terry McCullough uh, spent so much of his time focused on the former president, Donald Trump, uh, and all of those that he brought in. uh, And it was a big list of Democrat stars from former President Obama uh, to Speaker Nancy Pelosi to President Joe Biden and on and on and on and on the list went. And they were all focused on the last war. And I think where Glenn Youngkin won was a messaging strategy of not focusing on the last war, but focusing on what's next and what's actually happening with the people. And he focused on the people of Virginia. He, He had a set of policies and principles that he was going to run on and execute, and it rang true. And again, a state that went uh, plus 10 for President Joe Biden just one year ago, just one year ago, uh, shows you how fast politics can change. Uh, But it was a messaging strategy uh, that really carried the day in terms of where that focus was. So I want to go back to CNN political analyst Scott Jennings, Uh, who talked about this in terms of the Democrats losing their way because of an obsession on the previous president, last war. What McAuliffe did tonight was show up and try to turn Youngkin into Trump and make the entire thing about white supremacy, racism, Donald Trump, Glenn Youngkin. I mean, they're even talking about the fact that he was wearing a, you know, a, a fleece vest. And that's evidence of, you know, that's the new uniform for white. So what you're saying is, We need to have a debate in this country over policies and ideas, which, by the way, I agree with. I think that's healthy. And the Democrats did literally the exact opposite, and they're paying for it tonight. And and I wonder, will they learn that lesson going into the midterm? Uh, That is a a stunning thing there in terms of how that played out, Uh, that, again, rather than focusing on policy and ideas, uh, it was fighting the last war and what they were against, what Terry McAuliffe was against. And that's not what voters want to hear. Uh, Van Jones uh, chimed in and said, look, Democrats have to communicate their ideas in a different, better way. I think that um, uh, we, we've got some ideas that we have not even been able to uh, communicate uh, in terms of some own uh, making some errors ourselves. We need to get back to that. 
All right, I want to continue this exchange. This was just a fascinating exchange. I know you were all asleep. Uh, at least I hope you were last night, not watching all of this. Uh, but this exchange between Scott Jennings and Van Jones, uh, I loved it for two reasons. One, it was civil, it was respectful, and it was focused on the principles and the lessons. So regardless of where you fell on the political spectrum, there was something to learn, there was something to lean into. Uh, so Scott Jennings uh, went on to talk about how uh, Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin formed this winning coalition in the Virginia Commonwealth. Donald Trump is the least likely person to give the Republicans a chance to win back the White House. Somebody who can do what Glenn Youngkin did and put the coalition together. Rural counties, people who voted for Trump, people who didn't vote for Trump but like to vote Republican, suburban moms. And by the way, look at the ticket. People who look like America, the African-American woman we just elected to lieutenant governor, the Hispanic that we just elected to attorney general. Republicans have solved this coalition issue in Virginia. Suburbs, rural, female, male, white, black, Hispanic. That's how we win. And so if you follow the Yunkin blueprint, talk about issues, put together the ticket that looks and sounds like America, you can do it. Uh, So again, that was uh, uh, just a really interesting look in terms of how that coalition came together and how it could be sustained. So that's kind of the the blueprint in terms of what happens next. The focus always needs to be about what's next, not what was, not what is. Politics is always about what is next. And what does that coalition look like? Uh, you had suburban moms uh, return to the Republican ticket uh, by a 15-point swing. They came back in droves, which says that the policies are more in line and maybe the particular messenger or politician didn't fit. Uh, Van Jones actually came to almost the same exact conclusion for the Democrats, and he actually invoked former President Bill Clinton and how he made a comeback by getting back to these issues that won in Virginia last night, appealing to regular people, making them feel heard and understood, and that uh, Democrats had to get back to that model if they want to win anything in 2022 or 2024. Bill Clinton was able to turn his ship around and survive after the initial hacking in 94 by doing a lot of small stuff that just lets you know he was on your side. He was talking about school uniforms. <laughs> yeah. He was talking about V-chips. for He was talking <laughs> yeah. about all kinds. But you know what? For ordinary folks, that guy cares about me. That guy understands what I'm going through. If this party doesn't wake up tomorrow morning and figure out how can we run back to regular folks and regular folks' issues. Now, some stuff we've been talking about is good stuff. Uh, you know, uh, helping grandmas, helping kids, but it's been buried, it's been lost in this cold, big D.C. conversation about trillions of dollars. We've got to, both from a, a legislative point of view and from a messaging point of view, start re-signaling the ordinary folks that we get it. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with Van Jones anymore, <laughs> something you don't normally hear on this program. Uh, but he was absolutely right. Uh, Van Jones' assessment was absolutely right. Uh, he He called out his own party and said... Look, gang, we're a little out of touch and we sound a little arrogant and we sound a little bit like we know what's best for everybody else. Rather than going at the things uh, that they know people agree on, uh, rather than going for these big multi-trillion dollar spending paloozas, uh, let's be targeted. Let's do this in a focused way. And so that's going to be the conversation moving forward. And I think that will have implications right here in the state of Utah. Uh, Because to me, this signals that voters are tired of hearing constantly about what you're against. 
they know you're against your opponent. They know you're against the other political party. They know you're uh, against everything about your uh, opponent that uh, you know they may question or, or not want to know. Uh, all of those things. Voters already get that. What voters are saying and what they said very loudly in Virginia and New Jersey, in Minneapolis and in Buffalo last night, was that we're tired of hearing about what you're against. And if you cannot tell me in a compelling way what you are for, I'm out because I'm tired of against. Uh, We often refer to this as the the Boston to Philadelphia model. Uh, Boston, again, early days of the revolution, that was clearly a protest about what those early colonists didn't want. So they protested. But they didn't stop there. You know, if if they would have stopped in Boston with the protest, uh, what we celebrate is the Boston Tea Party wouldn't even have been a footnote in history. It just would have been one more angry mob yelling at a big oppressive government. But they didn't. They marched forward and they began to focus on what they did want, what they were for. And that's what took them to Philadelphia in 1787, where they put down in the Constitution, this is what we want. This is what we're for. And... Yes, you have to have Boston battles in politics. Make no mistake about it. You always have to be ready for a Boston battle. That's a good thing. But if you do not have a Philadelphia vision of what you're for, you will be a footnote in history, maybe. I think that is incredibly instructive, whether that is at a a county council race, a mayor's race, a gubernatorial race, a Senate race, a House race, any race that you might be in. If you can't get a Philadelphia vision of what it is that you are for, I think in today's world and today's political environment, uh, you won't even make it as a footnote in history. We have to get to the positive message. Van Jones recognizes that for the Democrats, and he called them out. He called out his own team to say, we got to get going to Philadelphia. Republicans won on a Philadelphia vision that was for the people based on principle and policy last night. It's going to be interesting to see how that cycles through in Washington. We already know there's a lot of finger pointing and placing blame. Uh, That's Boston. That's not Philadelphia. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have a fascinating discussion. You do not want to miss this. Paul Bloom is going to join us and we're going to talk about why we suffer. Don't miss it. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.